Welcome, Generation Church family and friends. Pastor Stephen here from South County, Rhode Island. So glad that you're taking this moment to listen to this podcast. Pray that it encourages you and that you are filled up with hope and with expectation for what God is going to do in the days ahead in your life and your family and community. And we wanted to remind you that Generation Worship just released our second live album. It's called First Love. We recorded it live in Providence. And wherever you stream music, enjoy these new songs from South County. Amen. Well, I'm going to read the, the passage. You can stay standing for one more moment. And uh, what a time. You guys enjoy having that time to praise God together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and to pray together. So good to be in the house, to be here together. Um, every Sunday, we're, we're here at 10, and we, we do online later. And uh, we want to welcome everybody who's going to be watching or listening later online. But yeah, it's, it's been a joy to, to see people join the mission. And I want you to know that our next one will be on March 6th, right after service on Sunday. Um, so it'll be right after service. Um, you can put that up March 6th. And I uh, encourage you to take, to take your next step as we uh, join the mission together. Uh, also, I want to encourage you um, that next Sunday, we're going to have a baptism class right after service. Um, so it's going to be right after Sunday morning, and uh, it'll be, uh, yeah, downstairs. And I want to encourage you to come out to that. If this is a, if you have questions about what is baptism, what does it mean to follow Jesus? So for here, as a, as a church, we believe um, in uh, baptism as a time when you are a, um, a believer and you've made that decision to join other believers in following Jesus. That is that next step. We believe that baptism is the beginning of a life of following Jesus. And if you say, I've been believing in God and following Jesus, baptism is a, is a joyous command from God that declares to the world, I have a new testimony. He's taken me from death to life and darkness to light, and I give my allegiance to Jesus. So I want to encourage you to, to take that class. There's, there's no pressure in taking that class to to take that step in baptism, but it's a great opportunity to learn more, and I'll be there along with others. So I want to encourage you. Also, we have a, a, a baby dedication, which will be on the end of the month in February, child dedication. Uh, it's going to be Celebration Sunday at the end of, end, end of the month, and um, I would say our biggest core value here as a church is to celebrate. Amen? On Sunday, the biggest thing is happening around the world, and it's the resurrection of Jesus, remembering. Amen? And so we want to encourage you to make it out for that. Um, but also you can just go online, generationri.com, uh, or put it in the chat if anybody's watching this later on, on YouTube, social media, whatever it may be. But I want to encourage you um, to get your child dedicated. All right? And um, we know that some traditions um, uh, baptize their babies and um, that there's a long church tradition of people doing that. For us, we, we believe in... Um, baptism as at an older age or whenever you're at that point of making that decision. And for us, child dedication, um, there, there isn't really any specific uh, um, reason besides the biggest of all, which is to pray over our children, no matter their age, for God's covering and God's blessing that they too, one day will say, I follow Jesus. Amen. So encourage you to do that. Amen. Well, here is uh, the scripture, and then you can grab a seat, but stay standing for, for this. There's going to be a lot of scripture, but I'm going to read the one verse which we get the sermon title for today. You guys excited for that? I've been so encouraged about uh, people being excited for the, for the word of God uh, in 2022. 22? Is that? Wow. Here's the verse, verse 11. Now I know, Exodus 18, verse 11. Now 
I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. Because in this affair, they dealt arrogantly with the people. Say that with me, that first line. Say this. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. Holy Spirit, praise you and thank you for how you are greater than every other thing. Person, you are greater. And I pray that you would overwhelm us with awe and wonder for who you are and all that you have done for us and all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's give Jesus another round. Huge. And you can grab a seat. Can you grab a seat? And just look around. You can say hello to people. Say hello. Say hello. Say hello. You guys happy to be in church today? It's great to be here. Great to be here with you. Now I know. I asked my, uh, I asked my, my son this, my oldest son, getting older by the day. Uh, zero, now he's, he's eight just like that. Any parents with me on that? Just like that. And so I asked him, I said, uh, so son, I said, um, what do you know? What do you know now? I just said, just in general, I try to uh, really include him and we try to include him and in, in, in our kids and everything that, that, that we do. And um, I just said, what do you know now? Just threw it out there. He said, well, now I know that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. True story. He said that. He said that. And then he listed a couple other things. He said, now, now I know that Jesus is my creator. I'm like, good, good answer. Good answer. He kept listing, he kept listing a few things. And, and it got me thinking because, because what I want to talk about today in this title, Now I Know. Would you declare that like you know? Say, Now I know. Here's the thing, oftentimes, um, and I would say, unfortunately, within um, church and religious circles, um, we have this addiction to certainty. This addiction to certainty, what I mean by that is that sense of, um, th- there's not often room to, to question, to, to doubt, to, to, to wonder. Have you ever felt that? You know, really, the church should be the safest place where you say and I say, and kids say, especially leaders say, I don't know. I'm struggling. Where is God? Have you ever said that? Why God? It should really be the safest place. But sadly, like a lot of things, often the church is not the safest place. That's why we are trying to create a, a community here where people, not only on Sunday mornings, but in homes throughout the week in our community groups, where people are safe to be able to wrestle with God. And here's a passage of scripture where we're continuing looking at the life of Moses. You know, like so many Bible um, quote unquote heroes, what ends up happening is that we, we, um, we really uh, idealize them. We put them up as if they're superheroes when their stories really are, are not much different than ours. And their, their stories often were, before they were ever um, victors or uh, saw great triumphs in their life, they, they faced great hardships. And really the, the subtitle, if you want it, um, for this message, Now I Know, is Responding to Hardships and Triumphs. Responding to Hardships and triumphs. I mean, if you really wanted another title, it could be, how do you talk to your father-in-law? And I'll get to the past of scripture. Jethro, verse one, the priest of Midian, Moses's father-in-law, or as we say in our family, father-in-love. Yes. 
Hey, does anybody want to know how to talk to either their father-in-law or one-day father-in-law? It's a couple people inside. You really want to raise your hand. And so here's Moses talking to his father-in-law, Jethro. Jethro means overflow. He heard, Jethro, all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people. How the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. He had heard all that he had done. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zephoria, Moses' wife. You guys know that Moses was married? I didn't really know too much about that. After he had sent her home, along with her two sons, the name of the one was Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the name of the other, Elizir, these names. For he said, the God of my father was my help and he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. I love how they name sons. And then, like if I ever have another son by God's grace, you know what I'm naming him. You already turned me down when I said Moses. Brady. Well, why? Because now I know that he is the... Let's get back to scripture. Verse five, Jethro, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law came from, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and your two sons with her, which is very significant. His coming, and we'll learn a little bit more about Jethro and his story, his coming was a sign of peace and encouragement. We've already seen here, we saw this last week, we learned how do we triumph when we're tired? How do we do it? We need, say it out loud. How do we triumph when we're tired? We need each other. So there's this common theme that God is, is doing in Moses' life where God is constantly bringing people to lift him up, to encourage him as he encourages the people. So Jethro is doing that. He is, he is lifting um, Moses, his, his son-in-law. Right away, you can see a very healthy relationship. And then really healthy relationship, son-father-in-law, which is important. I pray that blessing upon all of you in Jesus' name. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and in verse 7, he bowed down and he kissed him, and they asked each other of their welfare, and they, oh, I love this, I've been waiting, you guys need to know this, I've been waiting to preach this for about seven years at least. I have not preached on this passage yet. I'm so excited for it. And they went into the tent. Can you say that with me? They went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done in to Pharaoh and the Egyptians and uh, to the Egyptians for Israel's sake all the hardship that had come upon them in the way and how the Lord had delivered them what would you say right away that you sense is that there's a bit of awe and wonder right of what the Lord had done physically they were in slavery there's spiritual ramifications, for sure. But the reality was that physically they were in slavery. The first time that we see the connection between Jethro and Moses is in the beginning of, of Exodus chapter three, going into Exodus chapter four. And in that passage, in the beginning, what we see in Moses, who was an outcast, who found favor miraculously by being picked up by Pharaoh and his family. Pharaoh was the title for the ruler of the Egyptians, and the Egyptians ruled the Israelites and the land. Moses found favor with, favor with Pharaoh. And there's this powerful scene where God starts to speak to Moses about the reality that he is going to be used by God to lead the people out of slavery, out of Egypt, and into the promised land. 
And in the beginning of this story, Moses spent a lot of time with, with um, Jethro, who was a priest, and his tribe was a part of the Israelites. There was many different tribes within Israel. And they spent time with one another. And you need to know this. From the beginning, and we see this with Moses, he had an encounter with God through a burning bush. God spoke to him in that way. And in this beginning, when God spoke to Moses in a burning bush, he had time with Jethro and had not seen him since a whole journey of deliverance through so many hardships, through the people of God doubting, through the people of God experiencing victory to the, to the moment, which is a defining moment in our story, by the way, because this is our story, the story of humanity, when God literally parted the seas and delivered the people of God into the dry ground and into the land. You need to know this right away. We, we believe that there's miracles all around us, right? There's miracles in God's creation. There's miracles with new life and babies, but, but we worship a, a God of miracles, amen? The things that happen often throughout scripture and in our lives, they don't always happen, but they happen. God is a miracle God, right? We literally come together on Sunday, why? The early church began to come on Sunday because they believed that Jesus rose from the grave. Nobody's ever done that before. That's why we worship and celebrate Jesus. So God is a miracle working God, but Moses hadn't followed up with Jethro. And you need to know this, at the time, the people of God were trying to figure out who Yahweh, who the Lord, their God was. They've heard, but they hadn't yet experienced and even in the experience that they had in their past, who knows this, that our God's a living God and he wants us to what? Continually encounter and experience him. And in the beginning of, of, of Exodus, Moses leaves his father-in-law and his wife is with his father-in-law and his children. And here they are and they're finally seeing each other again after so many hardships and so many victories. Jethro rejoiced for all that God, the Lord, had done to Israel, that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro said, verse 10, this is Jethro's response, okay? He says, blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and he has delivered the people from under the hand of of the Egyptians. Have you ever met somebody in uh, planet Earth <laughs> on humanity who actually lived in a time or their fathers did where they actually were in slavery? Or the immigration story in their life and, and what they went to and so many people have found, right, that, that level of, of physical freedom in this land. Have you ever, maybe that's your story. Have you ever met anybody? Have you ever met anybody who recounts the story over and over and over again of what happened in the past, right? I mean, you do realize in one sense that America is that story, right? <laughs> we were talking at a community group and people were talking about, you know, we're, we, I was talking about some biographies that I was reading. And I said, you do realize that before we were like uh, obsessed with like the British um, way and um, I don't know, all that is there, tea and whatever, Diane and movies, you do realize that we were kind of like under their rule. People are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the human story is a corruption of power. Would you agree? Would you agree? Not even making a big political statement. And people finding freedom, right? That is the story. People are like, I didn't come here, for, I came for the Bible. That, that's in the Bible. Like they were literally in slavery and they were set free. And Jethro has this encounter on the mount. Do you realize this? Moses is on his way to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Is it okay if I teach a little bit about the world? I just love this. I could do it for hours, but a little bit, I gotta give you some of the, this meat here. Can I, I just love the word. Anybody love the word? Spend time in the word, read the word, live the word. He's on his way to Mount Sinai, but right now he's on the mountain of God on the way. This is on the Mount, specifically Sinai, Horab, that we read about in Exodus 4 is where he had that encounter with God at the burning bush. And it's about to be where Moses is gonna give what we know as the 10 commandments. But he's on the mountain of God in the same place where God just delivered 
them by what? Holding up his hands and fighting their battles and, and giving them triumph and giving them victory. And Jethro is there as a person of peace, as a person of, of encouragement. And he, in his discerning and trying to figure out, wait, who is this God? He says, God has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and he has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Verse 11, now I know. You see it? Now I know that the Lord is greater than all of the what? All of the what? Gods. What are some of the things that you've worshipped in the past? For those watching, people are saying, I didn't even tell them what to say, but they said money, family, convenience, safety, career. Other gods. Now I know that the Lord is above all other gods. See, when you take a step of faith and of surrender and of worship to God, it's not that you come to a place where you realize that the things in my life, whether it be family, whether it be career, whether it be safety, whether it be health, those can all be what? Blessings from God, right? But when you have an encounter with the living God, you come to realize that what? I have worshipped. I have given my allegiance. I have given my trust. The way that I've heard it say before is, what is the first thing you think about when you wake up or you go to bed? Do you, do you know that the people who struggled with idolatry, it's the reason why Moses, one of his, the big commands in the 10 commandments is what? You shall have no other gods except two the one true living God, right? Why? Because each and every one of us struggles with what? Having other gods, right? Would you agree? Now, I understand where the, the, the modern moment that we're, that we're in, and we live now in, 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 in an age where the, 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 the center of society and the center of culture is no, is no longer church and is no longer God. And there's great confusion or even a sense of belief in God. And I, but I would say that there's a lot of people who are very spiritually minded and spiritually open, but here's the thing. We see it as a great reminder why. First, not for other people, but for us to remember who? God. And this response here, blessed be the Lord our God. Now I know. And here's why I wanted to title this, now I know, is that what we see here is that we learn a response to both hardships and to triumphs. Let me read on. It says this, And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses in law before, before God. What the people of God went through, and you see this right before this in verse eight is look, all the hardship that had come, put that back up, verse eight, it says all the hardship had come upon them in the way and how the Lord had delivered them. So what he's saying is that in the hardships, you wanna talk about hardships? They didn't know where they were gonna get their next meal. And for a while, they were getting their meal, they were getting their bread, they were getting their provision from a dictator and when they were in slavery. And then when they were out of slavery, they still were in a position to have to trust God every single day, right? Do you see that when Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily? Do you, do you know that, that, that the people of God would immediately think of their story, our story here with Israel, right? Where they were struggling, where they were doubting about God providing for them. Who here would you admit that, that we have a hard time waiting, right? 
many of us, and myself included, is like my, like my children. We were getting ready to, to um, see, see a neighbor in town and, and, and we, we said, let me wait because I, I try to live by this rule uh, even though I, you know, it's, I don't always do it, but I try to not just go up to anybody's door and just kind of knock on it. 2022, <laughs> sometimes I do, but I said, let me text them, right? And let's see if they're there. We waited for one minute and somebody, I'm not gonna name them in my house, they said, waiting is boring, It was not my bride. <laughs> Waiting is boring. You guys ever feel that? Anybody else really appreciate this side of kids that they really say the things that actually you're thinking, but you're trying to tell yourself not to say? One minute, next moment, we see him out the door. We come, we have this whole great time, great moment connecting afterwards. And, my, and then my child said, wow, that was awesome. And everything in me wanted to say, will you, ah, don't judge me. Well, I wanted to what? Condemn him? What do you think? Yes, sorry. <laughs> wanted to condemn. God doesn't do that. You see, 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 here's what God does. Here's what God does. <laughs> is that he reminds them again and again. He says, guess what? I'm giving you a new opportunity to remember who I am. And that even the waiting has a purpose with me. And I love this because part of what I wanted to share today is in our hardships, okay? And we gotta be specific. You don't have to say it out loud. But be specific because God already knows what are those hardships. And yes, God wants you to say this. Now I know that the Lord is still my God, right? But I've been waiting seven years. And the heart for why we started Generation Church with a vision of revive to see revival is that we don't just praise God when it's hard, but when we see the good and we have victory and triumph, we are still in awe of God. That's what I've been wanting to say for so long. I've said it before, what I love about this moment of Jethro going into the tent with Moses is that they spent a day at least talking about what God had done. God was with them in the hardships. And guess what? He's with them and for them in the triumphs. I thank God that we have a God who's with us in the hardships. Would you agree? I would say that it's, it's often in the hardships that we are driven even closer to acknowledge our need for God, right? Thank you, Jesus. That's never gonna stop with him. But where the people of God need the revival the most is when they see good things and awesome things happen is to not forget God. See, when... He declares, now I know. He had a real life encounter with Moses. You're alive. God saves. I love that my kids can say, when I ask them, now I know. And they first say, well, you know, Steph Curry, you know. And then if I, if I took him to a game, they would be like, oh my gosh, he really is. Or even more specific and personal, if he goes one day, he says, I'm gonna get baptized and I'm gonna follow Jesus. Amen? He's not gonna just say, now I know. He's gonna say, now 
I know that I once was lost and now I'm found. You say, and I say, now I know that God is real, that in my darkest of moments, in my hardships and triumphs, he is real. Amen? Now I know. Now I know. Do you see here that there is a sense of arrogant certainty or humble awe and wonder from Jethro? What do you sense? Now I know that the Lord is above all gods. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever heard anybody in that place? That, 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 that now Jesus is God and we need Jesus in every place and every place and in every school and in the center and we need him in our town and we need him in our nation. And I say, amen, 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 amen. But I have this question, is he real? And is, are we in awe with us? Starts with us, starts with us. Now I know. So yes, thank God that he's with us in our hardships but what I've heard often over the years, and there truly is no judgment because I see it in my own life, is that it is when things are going well and circumstances and so on, that it's the time that we often forget to praise and to pray. Would you say that's true in your life? Now I know, now I know. Just a few things that I hope will help you and help me when it comes to this reality of this declaration, now I know. Would you say that to God? Would you say, now I know? Here's just a few things that I wanna encourage you with. Declaration of now I know. The first thing is this, now I know what the Lord has done. Now I know what the Lord has done. All that the Lord has done. Do you keep records of all that the Lord has done in your life? Why do you think it's important to write down and to remember? Do you ever think there's gonna be many, many moments that you're gonna forget? Remember all that the Lord has done. Number two, how the Lord brought you, me, out of Egypt. Make it specific. That's why I have a, a line there. Brought me out of what? What did he bring you out of? Encourage you, write, write it down right now. Recount it. Put it in your phone, whatever it may be. People watching, pause, you can press pause. Write it down. It's that important. No, seriously. What has he brought you out of? Make it specific. Make it personal. I've heard stories of people saying, I, he brought me out of darkness. He brought me out of anxiety. He brought me, sometimes we don't even have all the understanding of it. Some of you, here's the thing. Here's why it's so important to write down what you've been brought out of. If you don't, your habits and your mind is so addicted to darkness that you're gonna stay in it. Yeah. Do you realize we get so used to, right? I hear it said, I I'm in my what? I'm in my... Come on, say it out loud. I'm in my feelings. You guys heard that before? I'm in my thoughts. No, seriously. You guys do realize that, right? Why we're in our feelings or why we're in our thoughts is because we're what? We're addicted to ourselves. Would you agree? <laughs> and don't, do you realize that, 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 that the reason why we keep saying that is that I keep going back is here's what you need to do. You need to declare, now I know. That what? Jesus has brought me out of darkness, out of death. But make it even more specific. What are things of death? Okay, do you think in all the ways that God wants to help us when it comes to things like crippling anxiety, and there's many things, and counseling, and encouragement, and, and, and community, and, and listening to people, and right, being slow to just throw Bible verses at people, but walking with people, because everybody faces a battle that we what? Know nothing but would you agree that do you think that crippling anxiety is a source of darkness or a source of light? 
So did God, you don't have to raise your hand, did God deliver you out of that darkness? I've heard this quote before. If the enemy can't stop the victory in your life, he'll stop you from celebrating because when we acknowledge that God has given us this victory in our life, he wants us to testify and to share it so other people are set free. Did you catch that? Mm. When's the last time you, you shared to somebody that you, God has delivered you? Some of you don't, I love you so much, and I've seen this in this, my own journey, that the things that I'm facing, God, generation, it's generational. You don't realize what's on you. Generationally, what's on you. Do you okay, I love this passage, and I love the Bible because it's a bigger story, and what they're doing is, and literally the next step is they put commands that were good. Why does God give us good commands? So that we flourish. So that we remember, Right? Any good parent, right? Why you give that to your kids? So here's the thing. When is the last time, and I say this in the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I pray, that you actually shared to your soul and to other people, the Lord has brought me out of fill in the blank. Some of you are like, well, I'm not much of a verbal person. Find one person. Here's the thing, you, you are going against powerful forces far greater than Pharaoh. It's called the enemy of your soul, the power of darkness, and yet we've been given, talking to the church right now, the prince of peace, and God wants you and me to what? To remember that he has delivered us out of darkness. This is why that next step in baptism and so quickly sharing our testimony is so important, even if we don't have it figured out. We had somebody the other night, won't tell you who, who it was, but they said, I said, hey, let's pray. And they said, I haven't really prayed for before out loud. They started praying and my God, powerful, right? People who are there. It was amazing. This is why God loves new Christians because they don't overcomplicate it right? They're like a child who's just beginning to talk and use words. You don't correct a child who's just trying to figure out to say sentences. And I just break that spirit of correction over the church of Jesus Christ all over that says we have to sound a certain way, communicate a certain way. We are a church that's been delivered and free. Some of you have generational roadblocks and strongholds of crippling anxiety, and it has produced so much trauma, emotional and mentally and God's saying have you been set free in your heart and in your soul and in your mind and if he has declare that I am free out of that darkness I'm free I'm free now I know how the Lord would you say that with me how the Lord has brought me out of Egypt I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say it, and you're going to say whatever is in your mouth. Brought me out of, let me try it again. We'll yell really loud. Whatever it is that he's brought you out of. He's brought me out of, again, he has brought me out of, this is, it doesn't have to be anxiety. It could be whatever it is for you, whatever addiction, whatever. Here's why I love the church should be a little bit more like AA. I love I love being at South County, the beaches, and seeing literally sometimes hundreds of people who they're all different jobs, careers, success, and they're coming together with what? Vulnerability. That they've been what? Set free from addiction. Amen? Church, we need each other. Keep declaring, now I know that he's brought me out of whatever the darkness may be. God is with me and for me in hardships and triumphs. Said that, but write that down. God is with me and for me in hardships and triumphs. If I pray God when it's hard, when it's good, like for me, when the sun is shining and it feels like spring, it doesn't really matter much what's going on. I'm immediately feeling the triumph of God. But seriously, no, honestly, honestly, springtime, summertime, when you see answers to your prayers, when you, see, when you see your bank accounts blessed, when you see provision, it should lead 
you to what? To praise God with the house of God like never before. Would you agree? Amen. It's my encouragement to you. For now I know who God is. <laughs> now I know. Humble awe and wonder or, you know, just the certainty. Yeah, now I know. Where are we going? What are we doing? Now, yeah, I know. I know who God is. Do you see the awe and wonder? Do you see how they responded? You see what they did? I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. Here's why you need a few people in your life to go into the tent with, to get together and to talk again and again and again what the Lord has done. When we celebrate baptisms and we share your testimony and when people hear it, you know, what we're, you know, you know what's happening? What's happening is that us, all of us together, are remembering who God is and what he's done. Who is the Lord? You see how I love this because in, in before this, in Exodus um, 17 and throughout, we see that, that there's different places and names that represent things. Like for a while, the people of God became, um, they named certain places that they gathered as the place of grumbling and complaining because that was the story. But then what happened was the name started changing. And Moses is being reminded through his encounter with Jethro about his two sons, that one, I've been a sojourner, verse three, in a foreign land. And that what? His other son, that the God of my father was my help and he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. I ask people this often of their names. I say, what is your name? Like, what's your son's name? What does Benjamin mean? Son of my right hand who helps me. We need to be reminded of these things. We need to be reminded, what's your name? What does it mean? And the Bible all throughout takes names and whatever meanings they had, and he says, I give you a new name. I give you new life. You're a new creation. We need to be reminded again and again and again. And what did the people of God do after they gathered together with Jethro? It says this. It says they came together, Jethro and Moses. They brought sacrifices and burnt offerings. And they what? And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Their response to who God was. Do you see the name of the Lord is what? That the Lord saves. Yahweh, the God of angel armies, fights our battles. This is who our God is. They come together and what do they do? They have a party and they eat. Do you see, for those who've been following along or if you're brand new, the significance of this? When it says they ate bread together. What was the source of their grumbling and complaining before this party and celebrating and on wonder was what? Bread. Translation, hey, translation for you, translation. Constantly living in a place of what? It's never enough, discontentment. It was better than or it will be better rather than being present here and now and being thankful for who the Lord is and what he has done. I love a message like this because it's much more than what you respond now, even though we are gonna respond in a moment and continue to sing and praise. It's going to be when you find yourself in private, it's gonna be when you make a decision to come together in community around a few people that you and I decide together that we are going to declare, now I know. Now I know. Some of you, you've been worried and concerned about what other people will think that now that you know that you're a worshiper and a follower of Jesus and one of those church people that go more than once a month? You're concerned about what other people will think. I'm here today to tell you this in the Holy Spirit. Those people are waiting 
on you to share who God is and that now you know he's greater than other gods. Can I speak to some people? And I love that we got people joining the mission and there's a fresh hunger and fire. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? They will see the difference, not perfection, but they will see there's something different about you in your life. And it's going to be, guess what? Often subtle. It's going to be not that you don't ever complain or grumble or gossip. It's gonna be that you say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't do that. It's going to be saying, I'm thankful, I'm grateful. It's going to be how you love your neighbors. It's going to be how you care about your parents-in-law, whether you like them or not. It's going to be in those moments and what you're going to profess and testify to is not your perfection, but who God is and who he's transforming you to be, amen? Do you have a testimony of deliverance from God. There's nothing greater than driving up to church today and seeing a man and his story that I know serve outside in the parking lot right next to the place where I grew up with train tracks that I used to cross over in utter rebellion when I was in high school and a teenager in the darkest moment of my life on a spiral and on a direction away from God and knowing that now, now I know afresh again that Jesus is Lord. He is my master. He is my one desire. He is my savior. He is my faithful father. He is God. And guess what? I'm going to remember and rebuke the liar and the enemy that says just either keep it to yourself or no one else will really believe when the reality is it's true, it's real. He's the way and he's life. And if it's changed me, God, you will change and transform other people. Amen. 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 Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. And let's make this a direct declaration before we leave that now I know. God, we, we are teaching our kids and one another not just to know the right answers. We teach them the truth. Amen. Teach them, church. You should teach your kids the Ten Commandments. You should teach them. You should teach them the truth. But what we're teaching them ultimately is what? That Jesus, that Jesus, you know, he's the one. We don't lift his hands up. I meant to share this last week and didn't, sharing it afresh. Do you know that we're not lifting Jesus' hands up? (laughs) You know that? You know that as I, uh, and I say this prophetically, as I was meeting with one of my mentors and I saw the governor and all the town officials and business people across from me on Main Street in South Kingstown, as I've been starting to pray for the rebuilding revival here in South County, I looked over. And everything in me wanted to roll down the window and tell him exactly what I was thinking. But I started praying. Oh, and don't worry. I started praying and thinking, yeah, one day I'm going to gather some people where people can share too their concerns about community and share their concerns about their kids and about the state of this world and, and our town. But it's the type of gathering where people come together and they bring their concerns and they bring their hardships and their angst and they bring things and they and they bring it they bring it but they ultimately first bring it before the Lord and that there's a church that's coming together there's a people of God coming together and people don't even know how to even explain it because some people were 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 Catholic and some people were 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 Protestant and some people were I don't even know what I was but I was they're coming together and, and it's not that they're perfect but that they, that they first go to this living God they first go before judging other people they first realize that they have a new authority in their own lives and his name is Jesus 
They come together and what God does is he starts building a a culture and a community in this town of people in hardships and in triumphs coming together in this vaporous life and saying that Jesus is Lord. He's the way, he's the truth and I'm not forcing it upon you. I want you to know that now I know that there is no other gods. And you know what my prayer was? Your authority will be thin. You will come and go. Governor's names come and go. Presidents' names come and go. Town and money and business people come and go. But the Lord does not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? His kingdom is unshakable. And he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And perfect love cast out all fear. But first, church, I have this question to you and somebody who's new. Today, today, let's just get in a place of, of, of praise and focus. Today, would you make that, that declaration to say, no, no, not, not just now I know to check a box off, but I just have, I'm awakened. I, I'm alive. God, you, you are real. You are real. Now I know that you are greater than living for the affirmation of my parents in fear that I'll never live up. You accept me and you affirm me as my father. Now I know that my success doesn't define me and my failures don't define me. Now I know that God defines me as a son and as a daughter. Now I know that perfect love casts out fear. Now I know that Jesus is the one who lifts our hands up and died on the cross and rose again for our sin to give us new life and to redeem all things. If you say, now I know, would you raise your hand that Jesus is your savior? Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. God, I thank you and praise you. (laughs) And we love you. And we worship you.